Our text for today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. We'll begin with Acts. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, whom had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together. By trade, they were tent makers. Every Sabbath, he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince the, Greek, the Jews and the Greeks. And now 1 Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by what Chloe's people, that to me by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What mean, what does it mean that, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that none of you can say you are baptized in my name. If I did baptize also the house of Stephanus, behold, beyond that I don't know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not come to send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is a foolishness to those who are perishing. To those who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Last Sunday, there was, many of us woke up that morning to a video. It was a video that was on YouTube and then was shared on Facebook and other so, um, social media. The video was from former President George W. Bush. And in it, he spoke about America in this current time as we are all dealing and living through the coronavirus pandemic. He had talked about the fact that America had faced challenges before, and together as Americans, we would face this dark and uncertain time. Bush was doing something that was in keeping with what many presidents have done in the past. And that is that in times of tragedy, presidents become the consoler in chief, trying to calm the souls of unsettled Americans. We all remember, those of us who were alive at that time, President Reagan on that winter's evening in 1986, after the tragedy of the space shuttle Challenger when he spoke to a nation saying that the Challenger crew honored us as they slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. 
17 years later, George W. Bush read a passage from the book of Isaiah and ended it saying how God cared for the astronauts who had perished that morning in the space shuttle Columbia. He said, the same creator who names the stars also knows the names of the seven souls we mourn today. The crew of the shuttle Columbia did not return safely to earth. Yet, we can pray that all are safely home. President Clinton, in the aftermath of the Oklahoma City bombing, spoke about justice, especially justice in the face of domestic terrorism. In the aftermath of all of that, he told a crowd that had been traumatized by this event that justice would prevail. And then finally, there was President Obama, who at the funeral of one of the victims of the um, attack on Mother Emanuel AME Church by a white supremacist, um, where he is showing and identifying and talking about the loss of all of these nine people who died, all African Americans. And that's when he broke into the strains of Amazing Grace. He was doing something that was quite um, keeping in tradition with, with black pastors going over a century. And when he started to sing, he was identifying with those who were mourning that day for something that was a tragedy that was unspeakable. These are all examples of leaders who at that time help us see beyond ourselves and even beyond the leader towards a higher purpose. In times of sadness, they are there to try to lift people up. And it almost always reminds us that the fact is all of these presidents, as different as they are, all believe that there is a sense of unity. And that in these times that are uncertain, there is a time to come together. The city of Corinth was a Greek city. It was a city captured by Rome, and it was a very diverse city. There were Jews, there were Greeks, there were Syrians, there were people from all around the known world. So it was a very cosmopolitan. It was also very, because of where it was situated, very much a trading a, a city that was well known for trade. The city had its own very much distinctive culture. And as long as everyone made sure that they paid heed to the Roman imperial culture, cult, they were free to do whatever they wanted. The city, the nature of the city is that they basically tried to uphold several or a lot of the Roman traditions, what the Romans held as valuable. Honor, wealth, power. And what all of this did is that it made Corinth a place that was rather competitive and rather factional. 
Because, of course, when you have all these people and they are all going after the wanting to be powerful, wanting to be wealthy, and to have honor, it's going to be a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And what always seems to happen is that a church tends to pick up what happens in the wider culture. And so the church that was at Corinth was divided and very factional. All of that bothered Paul. The people who were there were, were t t basically basing the church on and themselves on who was the person that brought them into the church. So they were all going around saying that they belonged to Paul or they belonged to Apollos or that they belonged to Cephas, which was the other name for the apostle Peter. It was that sense that they were not united. They looked to their leader and not towards the higher purpose and a wider mission. And all of this bothered Paul. Paul was trying to get them to see what was it that united them. And what united them was not their leader. It was something beyond that. It was the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for Paul, there was only one person, one faction that you belong to, and that was Christ. Paul ends the passage by saying that the cross looks like foolishness to the wider world. The ones who are perishing, the ones who are not, who are trying to do whatever the world is saying and in some ways are sinking, but they look at the cross and it doesn't make any sense to them. It's foolish. And the thing is that in a culture where winning was everything, having people worship a god made no sense. That was something for losers to do. It seemed embarrassing. It seemed foolish. But the fact is, it is the thing that brings salvation to the world. Now, the title of this sermon, if you are um, someone that is astute, is Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. That's the title of an episode from the original Star Trek series in the third season. The Enterprise encounters two aliens, and they have basically, they are two colored. So one side of them is black and the other side is white. And what, what was different was that they had those colors on the opposite side with the other person. And what we learned is that their planet, Sharon, had been in civil war between these two groups for centuries. And they expressed their hatred towards each other. Long story short, the Enterprise comes to their home planet and they're trying to contact them and they don't get a response. And the scanners look 
on the planet and there is no sign of intelligent life. What had happened was the planet, the wars had raged for so long that it killed everyone on the planet. These two men from different groups were the last two people of their representative species. If you thought that that would be a time that they would come back, come together, it wasn't. They started to fight and then they started to chase each other down the hallways of the Enterprise and they beamed themselves down to the planet where we believe they continued to fight until they died. The bridge crew was stunned. They couldn't understand what would drive people, what could make people hate each other so much that they wanted to kill each other, especially when everybody else that they knew was gone. We live in a time that is not unlike Corinth. We are at a time that where it seems like things are very competitive, where we place our hope on things like status and power and wealth. And that divisiveness has seeped into the church. Paul's message to the Corinthians is one that says that as Christians, we are united by the cross of Jesus. It is the cross and the cross alone that has the power to save us. And while the rest of the world might find that it seems silly to place our trust in what seems to be a dead God hanging on a dead tree, it is the thing that brings us together and it is the thing that saves us. Placing our trust in this dead God makes no sense in a world where competition and winning are the only things that matter. But if you are someone that has been eaten up by this culture, if you are someone that is tired of competing all the time, then the cross is a lifeboat that saves us and causes us then to join Jesus in the work of reconciliation. In this time of a division, in this time when we're dealing with a pandemic, the church is called to be an example of cooperation and inclusion. We speak out in Christ's name against all that divides us, race, racism, sexism, homophobia, all of the things that split us in two. We preach a gospel and we preach a gospel to those people who are trapped in the ways of the world so that they too can experience salvation in Jesus Christ through the cross. Just as a leader, a good leader, points to a purpose larger than self, so the church must point beyond the divisions and factions of our own time and point to something bigger and higher and better. The salvation that comes from the cross of Jesus. Thanks be to God. 
Amen.